For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, as we do each week, we ask you to join us here in this place, and we trust that you are here. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Today we have experienced a minor miracle. You may have noticed, but all three of our readings, Old Testament, Epistle, and Gospel, actually pretty clearly relate to one another. And it will be my task to attempt to talk about all three of them in a reasonable amount of time. I once attended a church for the first time uh, with a famously long-winded preacher, a friend of mine invited me, and as this preacher uh, climbed up into the pulpit, he took his watch off and laid it next to his notes on the the lectern, and I thought, oh, he's going to be sort of aware of the time, and he's going to, you know, try to not be so long-winded this morning, and I asked my friend, you know, what does it mean that he's taking his watch off and, and laying it there, and my friend sort of with a resigned sigh said, it doesn't mean anything at all. But don't worry, I've got this under control. I want to start with you in the Old Testament where we get this crazy story from the book of Numbers. The Israelites are in the middle of their wanderings in the wilderness looking for the promised land and they're becoming impatient. They're complaining about the lack of food and water and what food they have they're really not happy with. And they finally sort of wish that they'd never left Egypt in the first place. They say, if it was just going to be like this, we would have rather stayed in slavery. And so God, hearing their complaints in his merciful way, sends poisonous snakes to torment them. Right? The joys of the Old Testament. Complain about how the Lord's treating you? Here's some poisonous snakes. So the people realizing their mistake, come back to Moses and they say, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. And so Moses prays for them and the Lord hears his prayer and he says, make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. You know, like you do. So Moses made a serpent of bronze, puts it on a pole, and whenever a serpent bit someone, they would look at the serpent of bronze, lift it up on a pole, and they would live. Weird story. Interesting, but weird. But, praise God, we actually have an interpretation of this story for us in our readings this morning. Jesus himself interprets this story from Numbers for us in John chapter 3, which we read and which you will have all heard includes the most famous proclamation of the good news in all of Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. This is, of course, John 3.16 of Signs at Sports Stadium fame. But Jesus begins, one sentence earlier, he begins this great announcement of the gospel 
with a reference to our crazy serpent story from Numbers. He says, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And then he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. So we have Jesus making this connection between the serpent lifted up in the wilderness in this crazy story in the book of Numbers and himself lifted up on the cross. Both, he seems to be saying, will bring life out of a situation that so far has only resulted in death. Moses lifting up the snake is a foreshadowing of Jesus being lifted up. And it sounds great, simple, praise God. The Old Testament actually seems to directly relate to something that we can understand in the New Testament. That's what I want to talk about this morning, this relationship between the old and the new, the death brought by the snakes and the life brought by Jesus Christ. So let's begin there in the desert with the Israelites and their snake bites. So in the story, we read that the Lord sends these poisonous snakes to be among the people and that many Israelites died. And this is the first point that I want to make to you this morning. These are not mildly poisonous snakes. These snakes are the real deal. These are the ones that you dream about. These are the scary ones. These snakes are deadly. So keeping this in mind, the deadliness of these snakes. Let's look again at what St. Paul has to say in our reading from Ephesians. If you look in your insert, these first three words are actually in bold. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. St. Paul is saying that we have the same kind of problem that these Israelites had. Death is at our door. Our problem is no small thing. These snakes are deadly. Now this is the same St. Paul, you'll recall, who said that the wages of sin is death and that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now for many of us, our first reaction to hearing things like this is, come on, it's not all that bad. It can't be that bad. Maybe I'm not quite all I can be but I'm doing just fine, thank you very much. Have you ever seen a movie, these are usually westerns or action films, where sort of at the climax, the hero and the villain come together and they're each pointing their hand, hand guns at each other and the bad guy says something like, I'm gonna enjoy killing you. And the good guy sort of smiles, one of those heroic wry grins and says, you don't get it, do you? You're already dead. You just don't know it yet. This is what St. Paul might as well be saying to us when he says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. We might not know it. We might wake up every morning and go to work and do all the things that we do, but our life is making us dead. We just don't know it yet. Death is the one thing that none of us can escape. It's the end of the road for every single one of us. But here we have Jesus 
in John 3 promising us eternal life. This promise seems all the more ridiculous in the face of how life really is for so many people. Eternal life. He says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, the Son of Man must also be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And if we're going to understand this story of Moses and the Israelites in the desert as a foreshadowing of Jesus' crucifixion, we have to take seriously the situation that the Israelites found themselves in. They were dying. And so are we. When he was a toddler, my son was allergic to eggs, and so we had these epinephrine shots at home and at his school. We always had one with us wherever we went. Everybody assured us, you know, maybe, probably nothing will happen, but if something were to happen, it's better to be prepared than to not be prepared. And the other thing they always said was, if you're not sure whether or not to give him a shot, give him a shot, right? It's better to give him a shot when he doesn't need one than to not give him a shot when he does. What they were saying was, don't think that everything's going to be okay. Don't say, well, I'm sure this isn't a big deal. Imagine if you were an Israelite wandering in the wilderness and a snake came, a deadly poisonous snake, and bit you and you were dying. All of a sudden, one of your friends said, hey, you know, Moses is over there and he's got a bronze snake nailed to a pole and he's holding it up and the word is, if you look at it, you'll live. Would you say, well, that sounds okay, but I can probably handle this on my own? No, of course not. That would be crazy. You'd go and look at the snake. But we do this kind of thing every day. We insist that our problems aren't really that bad. We are sure that we can handle our issues on our own. When Jesus says that he came for the sick, we say, well, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. When St. Paul says that the wages of sin is death, we think, well, that must be an exaggeration. But then, we wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning covered in sweat, and we know what it must have been like to be wandering in the desert, bitten by a snake, and dying. Because for many of us, this is a feeling that is familiar. We know what dying feels like, even though we're alive. Maybe you lost your job and you feel like you have no worth anymore because you can no longer provide for your family. Or a loved one gets really sick and you realize that you're completely powerless to do anything about it. Or maybe it's simpler for you. Maybe you realize all of a sudden that you're turning into just the kind of person you swore you'd never be. These are all little deaths in our lives. And our lives are chock full of them. And it's when we realize that we're dying that we reach out for a savior. Just like those Israelites looked up to that snake nailed to the pole, lifted up. And it couldn't be more appropriate to talk about this transition actually this morning because we have a group of children taking their first communion in a few minutes. They're going to come to the railing, and we're going to say, this is the body of Christ, broken for you. 
This is the blood of Christ shed for you. This is a death offered for you. A death given to you so that you can live. A man lifted up on a cross so that you can have eternal life. This is what we do here every Sunday. We celebrate a death given so that we may live. And I want to talk just for one more moment about that phrase being lifted up because I think that on a quick reading of John chapter 3 when Jesus says that the Son of Man must be lifted up, we think, sure, he must be exalted. He must be praised. He must be lifted up to the heavens. But this is not what Jesus is talking about here because remember he references this story from Numbers where the snake is nailed to a pole and lifted up. This is a snake nailed to a piece of wood and held in the air. Does that sound familiar? Nailed to a piece of wood, raised into the air. Jesus is using this story, this really strange historical event that took place with the Israelites in the wilderness to inform us and all his followers, that he is going to be crucified. But not just that, not just lifted into the air and nailed to a piece of wood. Sure, it's going to happen, but he's also saying that it's going to play the central role in his plan to save the world. Jesus says the Son of Man must be lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal Life. This lifting up is what's going to make it all happen. If he doesn't get lifted up, none of this works. The crucifixion, Jesus' sacrifice for us, is the linchpin that holds our salvation together. Not his teachings, not his miraculous healings, those are great, but nothing else but his offering of his life for yours holds ultimate importance. His goodness for your shortfalls, his righteousness, his godly perfection, for your sinfulness. And here's the kicker. That's why it's so important that God does this weird thing and tells Moses to make the image of a snake and put it on the pole. An image of the very thing that is killing the people. He doesn't, you know, tell them to make the anti-venom for the snake bite, or do anything else. We, we, he, makes, he makes them make a snake, nail it to a pole, and hold it up in the air. And to shed light on this, I just want to close with one verse from Scripture. This is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. It's chapter 5 and verse 21, and it's the most important thing you will ever hear. St. Paul says this, God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, who was sinless, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The Israelites, lost in the wilderness, have to look on the very thing that's killing them, 
raised up on a pole for healing. And Jesus, on his cross, becomes the thing that's killing us, our own sin, so that we can be saved from our deadly situation, this life that we live. Christ's godly perfection, his righteousness, is ours. And we have eternal life. Amen.